We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Sean Davis here from LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. Welcome into the LakersNation.com post-post-game show. The Lakers get a super fun and, I guess, kind of exhilarating win tonight. 122-119 to come from behind win where they kind of fall, you know, kind of, you know, follow the typical game script where, you know, they just, Sleep through the first quarter uh, or so. They make it somewhat close near halftime, you know, and they're able to chip away in the second half and ultimately get the win. Winning tonight, 122 to 119. This is, like I said, the post-post game show where we'll be diving into the advanced analytics and X's and O's from tonight's game and breaking down what went well and what did not go well for the Lakers tonight as and what you can expect going forward. As the Lakers do improve to four and five on the season with one of the toughest schedules through the first nine or so games of the season, the Lakers come out of that near 500 and they have 10 game, uh, the 10 game mark will be tomorrow or excuse me, Sunday against the uh, Portland Trailblazers where they have the opportunity to go five and five, be back at 500, 10 games into the season. After, like I said, having one of the toughest schedules in the NBA where you face uh, a Houston Rockets team that is really, really good or they're playing good at least. You faced an Orlando Magic team that's playing pretty all right basketball. They're 500 right now. You lost to the best team in the NBA in Denver. You lost to a playoff team last year, and you lost to the um, – already for uh, – not the Magic, I already said the Magic, the Miami Heat, who is also 500, if I recall correctly. Yep, so you lost to a couple of 500 teams, and you lost to the best team in basketball. Like, that's, that's you know, somewhat commendable, right? So, the Lakers win tonight. Let's take a look at some of the advanced analytics from tonight's game. And we're also going to be taking a look at uh, your, make sure we get to your questions and comments as the night uh, progresses. But let's get into the analytics first. So the Lakers tonight, LeBron James, I guess this isn't technically analytics related, but LeBron James, kudos, man. Great game tonight. 32 points, 
shot very, very efficiently. 11 for 17 shooting tonight from the floor for LeBron James. Uh, he did have four turnovers, but he had six assists. He had a block, a steal. Really good game here for LeBron. And LeBron shot positively from three tonight. Three for four from three. Cam Reddish, the man tonight. 17 points was five for five from three. I mean, excuse me, five for eight from three, not five for five. Cam Reddish was spectacular. I like Delo's minutes. I thought Delo was uh, efficient and effective and really, really good playmaker tonight. 19 points, nine assists, only one turnover. Um, got a block defensively. He was active on the boards, I thought, especially when he, need, when he needed it. He had three rebounds tonight. AD, you can tell he's kind of still bothered by the injury. He's coming back. For, he's coming back from dealing with that injury, um, the abductor or hip strain injury. So, yeah, I think that Anthony Davis. I'm not too worried about AD. He just didn't look fully, fully healthy tonight. And then off the bench, the you know big decision that Darvin Ham went to uh, before the game started was to bring Austin off the bench. Some people viewed it as an emotion. I know Darvin Ham said something about this in. A post game talking about how oh, it's not an emotion, it's more of a realignment, which is a very funny way of you know announcing that. But Austin's off the bench, 15.7 assists. He had some big time shots in crunch time tonight, in crunch time tonight. So shout out to Austin. Uh let's take a look at the play-by-play stats or the, the play type stats rather. Super efficient transition offense for the Lakers. Super efficient post offense. The ball screen attack is working now. Finally, the Lakers had really, really struggled, really struggled to get their ball screen attack going as uh, for pick and pop, pick and rolls, or for the ball handler. But tonight, man, tonight it was special. 1.125 points per possession on all ball screens tonight. That's got to be number one on the season Hats off to this team, man. They executed at a phenomenal level tonight. The isolation attack was great. Off-screen attack, not that great. Handoffs, did all right. Spot-up opportunities, you converted. Good on cuts. Gave up 17 off and three bounds, which isn't great, right? But give this Lakers team credit. They executed in the half court we needed, we needed them to, and that's the most important thing. And now you can look at some of the shooting ability right now. Or now you go, let's just go to guys like LeBron, for an example, right? Where LeBron probably was great out as a negative shooter. Well, you look at LeBron's offensive play chart or play type data. LeBron's a, he's still a really, really good basketball player. I mean, in 2023, the ball screen attack still hasn't been great for Braun in general, but. And that's because LeBron's turnover rate's been really, really high. Not right here it hasn't, but LeBron on his scoring possessions, 20.4% turnover percentage. Got to cut those down for LeBron. But the ISO attack and the post-up attack has still been money. And then you go to LeBron on catch and shoot and three-point opportunities. He's shooting 34.8% from three on the season now, but LeBron is shooting 36.4% on pull-up threes while also shooting 77.3% at the rim this season. So, like, this is stuff that is super, super important for Braun, the, the ability to be able to use, effectively use, all three levels of the floor for LeBron 
is so, so, so effective. It's also important for this Lakers team. And LeBron being able to do that again is awesome. It really, really is. All right. Let's get to some of your questions and comments from tonight's game. Start with a couple of super chats. Uh, Mama Mentality, LFG, Lakers for the win. Yes, sir. Lakers for the win. Gosh, we needed this one. We needed this one. Ed Carter says, Sean, why would Darvin keep saying, let's play relaxed basketball? I'm not a coach, but it just seems weird to me. So first, appreciate the super chat. I, I think, one, the timing does matter. Like, when, when is he saying that, right? But especially if he's saying it on offense, right, I think it's even more justifiable. Because I think on defense, you want them to be a little bit more paranoid in terms of, like, moving on play, having your head on a swivel, stuff like that. But I think that on offense, you want the guys to play, you know, play kind of relaxed, right? Play relaxed, play with patience and calmness and a and a poise to them, right? Um, and to play with some confidence. Like I think that's I think that's really I think that's really what Darvin is meaning by this, right? But you know, I, I I'm not looking into that too too much. I think that. Darvin and its staff, one of their better coach games this season, to be completely honest with you. Now, the thing that's going to drive me kind of crazy so far this season is the rotation patterns of Braun and AD, where I want to say towards the end of the first half, Braun subbed out with three minutes left in the half for two minutes, came back in for the last minute, and AD went out. So they're going to kind of – they're going to drive me a little bit crazy with the uh, rotation patterns for both Braun and Anthony Davis in the fourth quarter or – in the first three quarters, really, but I don't know, man. This is one of the more better coach Darwin games this season. If I look at their schedule, just trying to make sure I don't miss anything off the top of my head. Um, Denver, Phoenix, the first time, Sacramento, Orlando. I thought I think I remember the first Orlando game being a good Darwin game. I think Miami was also a pretty fine Darwin game, if I recall correctly. But we'll see, man. We'll see. We're going to get to the rest of your guys' comments. Super Chats. We got to get to the Spark Plug of the Night Award winner. Got to get that tonight. Got to get that in. All right. You know what? Let's just do that right now. Spark Plug of the Night, the award where we just kind of give it out to. this kind of our version of the star in your role winner where we give it out to the player that had the best game that, you know, did stuff that isn't going to pop up into the box score necessarily. But they were a spark plug for this Lakers team, and the Lakers don't win the game without them tonight. So, chat, chat, let me know. Who is the spark plug? I think there's only one answer. And we're going to talk about a couple of these guys, but I think I think there's, I think there's only one answer tonight. Ruri was great. It's not Ruri. Not my opinion, at least. Not my opinion. I think there's only one answer. It's Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish. Now, shout out to a few of these other guys, right? Shout out Austin. Austin hit some big shots in the fourth quarter. Uh, what did Austin shoot tonight from three? Austin Reeves tonight from three. Uh, that is the wrong thing. Let, let, let's take a look at the box score one more time. Box score, Austin Reeves shot off the bench, 6 for 11 from the floor, 7 assists, 
Did he make a three? Yeah, he, he okay. He was two for four from three tonight, right? Awesome, really good game, legitimately, right? But Cam Reddish had a just an a character arc since the Miami game of the likes of Loki from Marvel, where he misses the shot against the Heat. We're yelling, "Why is he in the game?" Blah 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 blah. And Cam Reddish tonight, it's five threes. All of them bigger than the next one. Cam Reddish hits the dagger, essentially, to put him up five with about a minute left. Cam Reddish was awesome tonight. And then, honestly, he was so impactful defensively to where if, let's say, let's say we got into a playoff series with the Phoenix Suns. Cam Reddish is in consideration to start. Now, granted, 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 Jared Vanderbilt is coming back. And I and I heard Trevor address some questions about is Vando taking Cam Reddish's spot when he comes back? Probably, right? But Cam Reddish can be a 35% three-point shooter, right? And play this good defensively. Okay, cool. Why not go some lineups with Cam and Vando against a team like Phoenix where you have to worry about uh, Beal, Brad, and Book and say, okay, cool. One of you guys go get Book. One of you guys go get uh, go get names all of a sudden escaping me one of you guys go get kevin durant for some reason i don't know why katie's name escaped me and yeah am i even saying that bando's taking his minutes i just think that bando's gonna take the starting spot and for anybody who wants me to apologize to bando first off i did that already i already apologized to i'm not bando excuse me to cam reddish after i want to say the clippers win yeah after the clippers win, i apologize to cam reddish so we're not, you're not getting me to apologize twice because what am I apologizing for? Um, the second time, right? So I, I think Cameron was great tonight, though. He was so good on Kevin Durant, navigating screens, forcing tough shots, which is really all you can do with a special player like Kevin Durant is just force tough shots, tough contested shots from the mid range area. And you just pray for the best for your defense. But Shout out to Cam Reddish tonight, and the Lakers are able to get a big win, large in part of because of what Cam Reddish was able to do on the defensive end of the floor. AW says, hey, Sean, I don't believe AD can be the first option and the main defensive anchor. It seems like just too, too much uh, responsibility for him. Well, I think that with AD, I think with AD, I don't think it's necessarily he can't do both. I just think tonight is a, is a bad night, right, for for AD, right, where he is coming off the injury, where he didn't really look good at either thing, whether it was, you know, offense or defense, right? I don't, I don't think it was really anything in particular, right? I, I just think tonight was a bad game. And I think we, we saw Anthony Davis for stretches last season where Anthony Davis was the best player on the floor, on the floor, and at times even the best player on the planet. And or for a stretch like that, November to December stretch, if I recall correctly. And then be one of the best defensive players on the planet and anchor a you know great defense for the Lakers. And Anthony Davis had the off game and he still had sorry, I look at my monitor. Anthony Davis had 19 points, uh, excuse me, 18 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, and a block. Like, that's an off game for Anthony Davis, right? So, I'm not too, too worried about AD yet. I, I, I will, won't I will get too, too worried about Anthony Davis. But, you know, 
I think we've seen AD do it. I think we've seen AD do it. I think AD isn't the jump shot or uh, jump shooter that he was back in the bubble, right? Which is a problem potentially for the Lakers. But we've seen him actually be able to hit the, the threes on pick and pop opportunities way more frequently now than he was able to back in the bubble season. Or not, excuse me, not back in the bubble season, but the past really two to three years post that bubble season, which is what I was trying to allude to. But Anthony Davis is an all-world talent, and the fact that 18 points and 11 rebounds is his you know, bad game, I, I, think that, I think that's saying something. Devin says, will we go 10 deep when Vando and, and Gabe return? I think you're 10 deep right now. Braun, AD, Austin D'Lo, Torian, Ruri, that's six. Christian Wood, that's seven. Gabe, eight. Vando, nine. Yeah, Gabe, eight. Vando, nine. Camera, that's 10. I think that's your 10. I think you go 10-man rotation when Vando gets back. And I think your starting five is D'Lo, uh, D'Lo Torian, LeBron, Vando, AD. I try that starting five. Then you go Gabe, Austin, Cam, uh, Christian Wood, and Ruby off the bench. That's actually a really, really good lineup, chat. Let me know, chat. Let, let me know, chat. I don't know. Me personally, I really, really like that lineup. We go 11 deep. Who's the 11th guy? I don't, I don't know if Max Christie's going to play. That's 10 deep. It is. Right? And then... Who knows? Maybe make the trade at the deadline. Oh my gosh, we we keep we gotta stop with the the Manu Ginobili comparisons chat. We gotta we gotta. I mean, I I get the point. Now you can maybe say the role in terms of just come off the bench and you know score microwaveable buckets, right? But I don't know, man. I don't know. Again, yeah, I don't know how 10 saying this team is 10 deep is crazy. But again, super, super, you know, encouraging game from the offense. I even thought the defense tonight, the defense is not bad until they give up an offensive rebound 17 times in the game. 17 offensive rebounds allowed for the Phoenix Suns tonight, or the Suns got 17 offensive rebounds. Like, what are we doing here, man? This is a good or a solid defensive team. And you just refuse to like box out and get rebounds, man. It's just so frustrating. Uh I know this, I, I think this might be a Trevor question, but uh, and if it is, I apologize, Trevor. But I'm gonna answer this one. Lakers don't have the screen navigators to run drop. Oh my gosh. Somebody's been listening. Thankfully, somebody's either been following me on Twitter or on playback streams with us, playback.tv slash Laker Nation. But this team isn't equipped to run drop coverage. Last year's team, I'm going to keep saying this. Last year's team made a ton of sense to run drop coverage. It did, right? Made a ton of sense, right? You had Dennis, you had Austin, who last year was a really, really good screen navigator, especially on ball. You had uh, Pat Bev at the beginning of the year. You had some guys, right? And more importantly, last year's team didn't have the weak side rotators that could come over and help at the rim when your defense is forced into rotation, either on a switch or on a, um, on a hedge or on a blitz ball screen, right? So 
you have to have good screen navigators if you're going to go drop, right? This Lakers team loses one of the better screen navigators, and especially for guards in the league, in Dennis Schroeder, and it's full-court pressure. And you lose Pat Bev at the deadline. Austin, you lose his like ability for right now, at least. He really hasn't shown his ability to be a good screen navigator like I thought he did last season. And I think that has forced his team to blitz more and to hedge more and to switch more, which is playing into this team's strengths, man. It is so frustrating to watch this team roll out Jackson Hayes and drop coverage and be like, oh, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why Jackson Hayes isn't doing well. Well, because you're running drop coverage, which makes no sense in the world for considering the players you have on this roster. Stop running drop coverage with these dudes, man. It doesn't make sense. Really doesn't make sense. Appreciate the comment, though, nonetheless. Really do appreciate the comment. All right, let's take a look here. So let's see what the Lakers are at overall for this season now in terms of offense. Uh, the Lakers, let's start with their shot data here. Start off with their shot data here. Um, the Lakers, oh, my goodness. Okay, so first off, they are dead in the middle in terms of a fit. Uh, not efficiency, but usage in terms of how many, what percentage of their shot attempts are taken at the rim. You look at that, what is it, 37.3%? 37.3% of the Lakers' uh, half-court attempt, not their half-court attempts, but their attempts in general have come at the rim, right? That, I believe, is a drop-off from last season. You can maybe attest that to the five-out offense, but last season, regular season and playoffs for the Lakers, the Lakers were a lot higher. Sheesh. The Lakers last year in terms of, let's just go attempts per game. Fourth last season at attempts per game at the rim. This season, the Lakers are 17th in attempts at the rim per game. Like, that's unacceptable considering you have two 70% drivers and finishers on your team. Makes absolutely no sense. One sec. Makes absolutely no sense for this Lakers team to not attack the rim more. Especially because, like, oh, oh my gosh, D'Lo kills me with it. D'Lo had a few possessions in a row tonight where he did a really good job of getting to the rim. And he was a good playmaker. He was a good finisher, etc. Do that more, D'Lo. Do it more. Oh, my gosh, man. Like, D'Lo, when he gets to the rim, is such a better playmaker. Such he's, he's actually a really good finisher. He just can't get to the rim to save his life. Like, let me see some. D'Angelo Russell. That's last season. D'Angelo Russell. It, whether it's the float or whatever, right? Only 11.8% of D'Lo's shot attempts. Oh, no, sorry. D'Lo's making up for 11.8% of the Lakers' shots at the rim. D'Lo is shooting 25.8% of his shot attempts at the rim, right? Which, by the way, is a massive improvement from last season, where for the Timberwolves, he shot 17.2% of his shot attempts at the rim, and for the Lakers, 21.46%. 21.6, excuse me. So, D'Lo, get to the rim more. It opens up your catch-and-shoot game. It opens up your pull-up game which we still have not seen, I don't feel like, fully unlocked since D'Lo 
has been here in his second stint. So D'Lo, D'Lo being able to get to the rim consistently opens up the playmaking game, opens up his offensive game. I think you'll see more aggressive uh, and more a more aggressive, more effective version of this Lakers offense. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, chat. Let's see what else we have here in the chat. Oh, uh, man. Do you feel like D-Lo was good tonight? Yeah, I thought D-Lo was really, really good tonight, actually. I love that they're going to more of the LeBron and, and D-Lo ball screen game that we've seen with Austin LeBron. He's really developed really, really good chemistry with on those. So, yeah, I, I think that you know, D'Lo was really good tonight. He had nine assists. He is controlling the offense. He's running the show, as you might call it as well. D'Lo, I thought, had a really, really pleasant game. Overall, just solid. Get to the rim more, please, and we'll talk. But I, I, I was pleased with D'Lo's game tonight. Um, On jumpers, on deep mid-range jumpers, D'Lo's 33%. But... You haven't seen D'Lo pull up threes as a Laker, like fully unlocked. Like I said, he shot 38% on pull-up threes with the Timberwolves last season for the Lakers. In the regular season, D'Lo shot 35.8%. In the playoffs, 
D'Angelo Russell on pull-up threes last playoffs shot 28.1%. And we're seeing him. Um, I forgot what the number was. It's not that high. D'Angelo Russell, 21.1%. D'Lo is a way better shot maker than that. And I think eventually the ball's going to go through the hole and he's going to make one of these. He's going to go on a run of hitting some of these shots. But the Lakers... The Lakers scratching and calling, crawling when they are four and five and they haven't won very many games and the shots aren't falling. For them to keep fighting like this, it is, quite frankly, really, 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 really encouraging. And it is a good sight to see for the Lakers. All right, let's take a look at Austin Reeves' data from tonight's game and throughout the season in general. Let's see. All right, Austin is like I said, fifteen point seven assist. Austin, that's not what I wanted. I wanted shot types. All right, Austin again, twenty five percent of his shot attempts were being taken at the rim. He's a good finisher. I really want to see Austin get downhill just a little bit more, right? Because right now, I mean, forty percent on pull up twos isn't god awful. But what is, and I I know he's a better three-point shooter than this, is 32.1% on catch-and-shoot threes. Like, come on, man. Austin and D'Lo, when these two dudes start hitting shots, we are going to be a way, 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 way better team. And it starts with those two guys. Those two guys up front, especially the Lakers, are going to run five out. Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell have to be better playmakers, better scores to the basketball, make the right decisions, because – the five-out offense is kind of empowering the guards to go be special or LeBron and give these guys open floor spacing. But if Austin and D'Lo aren't hitting shots, Cam Reddish isn't hitting shots, Bynes tonight, Rui and Christian Wood, and whoever are hitting, Torian Prince, good grief, tonight isn't hitting shots. You need these guys to be aggressive and go and find their shot, go hunt their shots. And eventually, eventually, Either a team is going to get burned, right, from three, or the Lakers are just going to do better on offense, right? It's really, it's really that simple, man. Take a few more of these, and we'll, we're going to wrap up a little bit earlier tonight, but appreciate you all for hopping in here. Sky Falcon 5 said, do you think five-out offense is the way to go for the players we have or something else would work better? We could pull up the whiteboard. For uh, we're not going to. So for context, I did write a Lakers Nation article a, a few weeks back at this point, breaking down the Lakers uh, half court offense and breaking down their five out motion offense. But I, I, I think you scratch it. I think you scratch. It. I want to know if the data is already pulled up from tonight. Okay, that's way too bright. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. So. I'm going to get back to you guys. I'm going to hop on, uh, maybe do a video on this. But the Lakers got to stop taking so many threes. When they get to their five-out stuff, they're not really using a five-out to get to the rim. They're using a the five-out to set up other players for threes and stuff like that, where it's, no, the ball, it we have to floor completely space. Let's move the ball. Let's get to the rim, all right? And then we can shoot free throws. Where this Lakers team, if I recall correctly, last time I checked, they are still one of the better teams in the NBA statistically somehow at getting to the rim and stop and defending without fouling. 
which I think are the two more important things in the NBA. Can you defend without fouling? Can you get to the free throw line? You got to win the free throw line. And so far, the Lakers this season, let me drop that and pull this up. So far, the Lakers this season. Hold on, not that particular. So let, let, let's let's just run through these, these analytics here. Run through them, right? So let's start off with the offensive rating. Offensive rating right now, the Lakers rank 23rd. I'm not worried about that yet. I suppose I have to do a better job um, helping out and watching the film and seeing what the Lakers got to do better on offense. And defensive rating, the Lakers are 22nd. So this is a bad, so far at least, in terms of net rating. They're a bad team. If you listen to net rating, they're 25th in net rating. But like I said, you faced... Some really, really, really good teams thus far. Uh, assist percentage. The Lakers right now are 16th, middle of the pack. Assist to turnover ratio. The Lakers are 12th. Okay, that's solid. Offensive rebounding percentage. So this is the percentage of the Lakers' opportunities that they are rebounding. The Lakers are at 22.7% on offense rebound percentage. Defense rebounding percentage, they are... Where? Uh, 23rd, 23rd. You can't, the Lakers, like I said, the Lakers have made, excuse me, the Lakers have made an effort, right, to improve their transition defense. But you can't not protect the boards and give up boards and potential leak outs if you are not matching up quick enough a transition anyway. Like, you've got to limit these opportunities because the Lakers right now, they're not, again, rebounds. They're not able to push the ball up ahead in transition. So what the Lakers got to do, they got to pick their poison, man. Either we're just going to commit and give up, you know, maybe more transition points as long as we get second chance opportunities. But what I will say is the Lakers do a decent job taking care of the ball. They're seventh in the NBA in terms of turnover percentage. The Lakers are 19th in effective field goal percentage. The Lakers are, last one, true uh, true shooting percentage. We got to keep going. Oh, 17th in true shooting percentage, so. We will take that for sure. I'm actually kind of happy about the uh, 23rd, considering how this season started, right? I'm not happy at it at all by any means, but, right, considering how this season started, right, we got to take our wins. We got to take our wins. All right, chat, fire away any last-minute questions you guys do have. I'll get to as many as I can before we do wrap up. And I appreciate you guys tuning into the Lakers Station post post game show. Let's see what else we have here. All right, Braun, Bando, Cam, TP, and AD. I think I like I said. I think. Oh uh, wait, no, I'm not starting all of those. I'm not starting all of those guys. If you really wanted to play around, you could go. You could go. Austin, you can go Austin, Cam, Braun, Vando, AD. There's nothing to stop you from that, honestly. Wait, Austin, Cam, or D'Lo, Cam, LeBron, Vando. Yeah, you can go with that, technically, right? So, you, you that, that's something you can see. And honestly, like I said, it's nothing against Austin for why I want Austin to come off the bench tonight, right? That That's nothing personal. That is, I think that Austin is going to be a lot better coming off the bench where he gets to kind of let the game happen, let the game come to him, and find out which way he needs to attack. Does he need to be an aggressive scorer 
or does he need to be more of a playmaker or does he need to be more of a spot up catch and shoot guy? I thought tonight and we saw how much this Lakers team really does trust him to put games away. He was able to put the or help at least put the game away, got help get some stops. So that's that's what I thought think about Austin. And that's why I'm a fan of having Austin come off the bench. Face reality, Sean, you live in Cincy. I lived there 03 to 2018. That's awesome, dude. Congrats. Yes, I did. Well, I don't know if congrats is the right word. But yes, I did live, I do live in Cincy and born and raised actually in Cincinnati. So that is my ordeal. Uh Dila Prince Cam AD. I guess you could. Or Braun. Dila Prince Braun Cam AD. That's something you could definitely go with. I'd probably say no, but that's definitely something you can go with. All right, last one for tonight. What would a Caruso trade look like? Cam or not, not, not Cam, Gabe. I'm packaging Gabe and uh Gabe Rury. And what else you need to try to go get Damar and Gabe together in a package deal, if you can. The Bulls right now in the East are trying to find out where the Bulls are at in the Eastern Conference. The three and six. This is going just how you need it to go, Laker fans. If you if you do really, really want Alex Cruz or if you do really, really want DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine or whoever it is, right? then this is the group. That's the group. That's the team you need to keep an eye out for, praying that the Suns, I'm sorry, the Bulls are able to lose. Keep losing the Bulls. They'll play next. I know, I think we get the Bulls in the second half of the year. Oh, the Bulls get the, the Bulls get the Pistons. The Bulls will play the Lakers until... December 20th. So that's going to be a fun game. Maybe there's a trade by there. Maybe it's a trade by then. But Lakers Nation, appreciate you guys. Thank you all so, so much for tuning into the LakersNation.com post-post game show. We're going to call it a night a little bit earlier than usual. I do apologize about that. We'll be back Sunday night when the Lakers tip off against the Portland Trailblazers. Coverage starts on playback, playback.tv slash LakersNation. They play at 10 o'clock, so coverage will start at 9.45 Eastern time or 6.45 Pacific time, Lakers versus uh, Blazers. I already forgot. So that's going to do it for me, guys. Till next time, everybody. Thank you all so, so much. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Hit that post notification bell if you guys are new. Till next time. Have a good night. See ya. And stay safe. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. 
Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.